how much do you trust Jesus? Do you only trust in Him for your salvation? That's a pretty important thing, but is that, is that the line? Do you trust Him when He says, those who obey My commandments are the ones who love Me? Do you trust Him enough to obey what He tells us to do? Do you, do you trust Him enough to live out the Great Commission, to make disciples, to go into all the world and make disciples and baptizing them in His name and, and commanding them, teaching them His commands and passing that on? Do you trust Jesus enough to do that? Do you, you know, the, the way to tell if you really trust in the Lord is if you are doing those things. If you're doing those things, it's a pretty good sign that you've actually put your trust in Him because you're doing what He says. And if you're not doing those things, then what does it say about what you truly believe about Jesus and how much you trust Him? And if you, if you only trust Jesus for His grace and His salvation, for those free gifts that He hands out, but you don't trust Him enough to get in touch with your unsaved friends and share the Gospel with them, what does that say about your faith? That you can believe Him enough to to offer salvation, but you can't believe Him enough to share that salvation. What does that say about us? Do you think that Jesus minds if we cherry-pick from His promises and His commands and we do the ones that we like and we do the ones that you know we, we follow through on what we think is easy or what we think is good for us, but we don't follow through on the stuff that isn't so easy or isn't good for us? I ask that because this video series, it points out a lot of things that, you know, well, it points out in this lesson especially that trusting in Jesus includes how much we're giving. That how much we're giving of what we have shows how much we trust the Lord, whether it's money or possessions or whatever. And, and it's a commandment. God says, I want you to share. I want you to help the needy. I want you to help the orphans and the widows. I want you to give to the, the those who preach. I want you to... to Share your wealth. And, and while it's easy to fall in the trap of thinking, well, I don't have enough to give or I can't afford to give, like they mentioned. It's that attitude. The truth is, if we really trust in God, then we can give 100%. We could give all our money to, to missionaries, to the church, to, to whatever. If, if you have true faith in Christ and He says, I want you to sell all your possessions and give all your money to the poor, and then come and follow me. If you really trust Jesus, then you're not going to walk away sad like the rich young man did. You're going to react like the guy who found the treasure in the field and went and sold everything he had so that he could get that field and obtain the treasure. And the treasure isn't money. The treasure is Jesus Christ, is having a relationship with God that, that spills into eternity and goes on forever and you continue to reap and you continue to gain has nothing to do with how much money you're making right now. It has to do with eternal living. And, and, and I think the disconnect happens when we start to think that we have to take care of ourselves. That, that we have to depend on our own provision rather than on God's provision. And, and when you start to think eternally, when you realize that the same One who spoke the universe into being, who said, let there be light, let there be planets, let there be stars, let the, and, and then made us and breathed His own life into His nostril, that that one is the one who takes care of what we need. That that God who can imagine whatever He wants into existence, that that God is the one who is our true provider. He's the one who takes care of us. It, it's, you've heard, indeed, He who did not spare His own Son, 
but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, freely give us all things? And that's in Romans. And it's the scripture is telling us that if God was willing to give us Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins, if he was willing to take on flesh and come and die in our place so that we could have new life, then what else would God not give us? Because that's the big, that's the greatest gift. To give us Himself is the greatest gift that Jesus could give us. Why would He hold anything back? Are you really trusting in God for His provision? If God called you to put your entire paycheck in the plate every week on Sunday, the plate comes around and you every single penny that you made, God says, I just want you to give it all. And then, I want you to go out and I want you to get a second job and I want you to give all that money to a missionary. I want you to give it to Al or I want you to give it to one of our other missionaries of support. And I want you to every ounce of work that you do, every money, a penny that you get, I want you to give it all away. It's true faith that would allow you to do that with joy. If that's what God called you to do, to be able to, to just let it all go and say, all right, God, it's up to you to take care of me. I don't know if God's called you to do that, but, but if God called you to quit your job, and to, to sell your house or to sell your car, to sell all your property, and then move to Afghanistan to preach the gospel where you could be killed any day because you profess Jesus Christ. If God called you to do that, it's real trust in Jesus Christ that allows you to do that knowing that you're not losing, you're gaining because you're storing up treasure in heaven. We can all afford to give God whatever He asks us to give. And, and, and But the choice of whether to obey the Lord or to... Worship money as an idol is something that we each need to decide for ourselves. And I don't know how much God wants you to give personally. I don't know how much you, you, know, you make or what you're supposed to give as a family, but I can almost guarantee that it's not the national average of 2%. I'm, I'm almost absolutely positive that God wants you to give more than that. And I'll bet you it's probably even more than the tithe. It's probably even more than 10% for because of all of us, if you, if you really think about how much God has truly provided for us, how much God has taken care of us, how much abundance that we have as a culture, as a nation, uh, I'm guessing that, that you know, think about how much God has provided you with that we're, He wants us to give more. Remember when Jesus used giving 100% as an example, even from the poorest of the poor? Luke 21, you've, you've heard this before, says Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering into the offering box and he also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins and Jesus said I tell you the truth this poor widow has put in more than all of them for they all offered their gifts out of their wealth but she out of her poverty put in everything she had to live on I think when most churchgoers in our culture at least give they give out of their wealth because we have so much. Uh, they take a portion of the extra, and, and I think what's pretty common in the church these days is it's left, you know, after they've paid their cable bill, and, and after they've, you know, paid for their internet service and, and bought that new outfit from the store and, and enjoyed eating out for the week and, and, and money for movie rentals and popcorn and coffee and snacks and that new electronic device you've been wanting so much, that after all that money is spent, that if anything is left over, after taking care of all those own personal desires, that God can have the leftover. I think that's the common attitude in the, in the American church today. And often, even the people who give more, who, who tithe, can, 
they still give out of their abundance in our culture. And because most people don't think like that widow. That widow said, I, this is all I've got. i got to trust God. This is not going to take care of me. So I'm just going to let God decide what He wants to give me. And she put it all in. Most people think like the rest of the culture. It's my money, so I get first dibs, and, and then I'll give whatever is left over to God. Or maybe I'll just give part of what's left over to God because I still want to save some because there's something else I want next week. We need to admit that, that everything is God. It's backwards thinking if you think it's your money. If you think your house is yours, your car is yours, your clothes are yours, your breath is yours. It's all God's. We get it every, everything that we have, He provides. And, and we need to admit that it's His. And even the ability to make money, to earn a living, comes from God. Your muscles, your blood, your, your energy, everything comes from the Lord. So off the top, we're supposed to give Him back part of what He's already given to us. Off the top is what He says. The first fruits. I don't want the leftovers. In, Le- in Leviticus 27, at verse 30, it says, Any tithe of the land from the grain or from the land or from the fruit of the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If a man redeems part of this tithe, however, he must add one-fifth to it. I think that's interesting. If you were an Israeli farmer, God wanted 10% off the top of your harvest. But if you sold your harvest and got cash for it, then instead of giving 10%, now you had to give 12%. And I think the reason God has us give, like they said, it's to help other people, to, to spread the wealth, to that kind of thing. I think that you know, God provides the land. God provides the crops that grow on the land. God provi- He continually provides everything for us. Shelter, clothing, food, water, oxygen to breathe. And I think He wants us to remember where it all comes from. That it's all His. And He wants us to continually put our trust in Him and not in ourselves. To trust in Jesus rather than our own ability. Giving is not just to help others. That's a big thing. But it's to help us too. It's a discipline. It's, it's, a, it's, it's like Bible study. The more you commit to it, the more you practice it, the stronger your faith gets. I mean, imagine you start out giving five bucks and you see how God takes care of it and you give out 25 and you give out 105 and you give out like that guy who was challenged to give a million dollars and he thought that's impossible. I mean, that's what God grows our faith. And I'm sure that when he gave out a million dollars, he's like, this is awesome that I can give away a million dollars for the service of the kingdom to, to, to serve the, you know, the, the poor and to feed the hungry and to spread the gospel around the world. And um, if you remember when the Pharisees were trying to trick Jesus, they asked if it was right to pay taxes to Caesar, to the Roman, the occupying Roman government, if that was a, a good thing to do. And Jesus asked for a Roman coin. And remember what he said? He said, Give unto Caesar those things which belong to Caesar and give to God the things that are God. And a lot of people take that verse as saying, well, we should pay our taxes. But it doesn't have anything to do with taxes. It's, it's, it's not about paying taxes. You know how I know? Because the Roman coin, even though it had a picture of Caesar on it, the gold that that Roman coin was made of belongs to God. It came out of the earth that belongs to God. And, and, and so all money belongs to God. It doesn't matter whose picture on it. It ought to be even more apparent to us as Americans because all our money says, in God we trust. So you're not supposed to trust in your money or your pocketbook or your checkbook or your credit cards 
we're supposed to, our faith is supposed to be in God. And if it's in our, our money and our property, your faith is in the wrong place. I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't begin to make promises like some people do about you put in 10 and you'll get 100 back. You put in 100, you'll get 1,000 back. That's, that totally misses the point. We don't give to the church to make money. We don't give to missionaries in order to, to make money. If you only donate because you want money back, then you're greedy. You, giving is an act of faith. So it definitely matters what's in your heart. It definitely matters the reason for your giving matters just as much as how much you're giving. And, and if you truly want to become a generous person with a giving heart, God can help that. I, I needed help with that when I started out giving way back when. God started working on my heart a long time ago. And what used to be stressful, given a little bit, used to be kind of stressful. Can I really do this? It's become something joyful. I enjoy it. I enjoy the thought that I am participating in the missionary works around the world. I enjoy the thought that I am supporting this church and, and what we're doing in outreach to others. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joyful thought for me. And now, you know, I, I do with in anticipation what used to worry me about a little bit. Now I can give so much more with, with excitement, with joy for the Lord and what He is going to do with that money. And, and, and God has used every single bit of it to make me a stronger Christian. Every time I let go of something that God has put in my hand and I say, God, you, you take this because you can use it better than I can. My faith grows. And that's why we give. Second Corinthians is our Scripture for today. Each one of you should give just as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. You're not supposed to be guilted into this. You're supposed to give because you want to serve the, because you understand he's given you already. And so you're just giving back what's already His. You're trusting in Him to take care of you. So don't give reluctantly or under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. Just as it is written, He has scattered widely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Now God who provides the seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your supply of seed and will cause your harvest and will cause the harvest of your righteousness to grow. So he's not just talking about you're going to get money and stuff. He's talking about your faith will grow, your righteousness will grow because God takes care of her, care of you as you give, it will cause you to become a better person. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous on every occasion which is producing through us thanksgiving to God because the service of this ministry is not only providing for the needs of the saints but is also overflowing with many thanks to God through through the evidence of this service they will glorify God because of your obedience to your confession in the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your sharing with them and with everyone so giving is an act of faith it's meant to grow us it's obviously meant to help other people and it and and it causes other people Praise God because of how you have been used to share with them. I know what it's like to have more than enough. I know what it's like to have cupboards with plenty of food and a refrigerator with, and a house with, with climate control, to, to have buildings where we live in, in comfort. I know what it's also let, know what it's like to live in a mud hut in 120 degree, degree weather in a desert where there's nothing to eat but millet. For, millet is bird seed. And I've had that for three meals a day and know what it's like to live in the third world. And, and in both 
areas and, and everything in between, I've been blessed by God. doesn't matter how much I have. doesn't matter where I'm living. doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. God blesses us when we trust in Him. So Paul said, I have experienced times of need and times of abundance, and in any and every circumstance I have learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing, I am able to do all things through the one who strengthens me. It's not because Paul was some sort of amazing survivor man. He he had learned to completely trust in Jesus, no matter what the situation, rich or poor, in sickness or in health, as a free man or a Roman, a prisoner of the Romans, Paul trusted in Jesus. And he said to live is Christ and to die is gain. He knew what he was storing up treasure for. He knew what his life was being invested in. And God used him to bless so many others and God used so many others to, to bless him because of their generosity. In the next verse he says, Nevertheless, you did well to share with me in my trouble. Other people took care of Paul in his need the way Paul took care of other people in his needs. We are God's giving network. We're the ones who link together to, to do with God's resources what He's called us to do. And, and we're His delivery service. And, and if you want to see God reveal Himself more and more in your life, if you want to see His power at work in you and around you, then give to His work. Give to what He's called you to give. Give to His kingdom. Give sacrificially. Give faithfully. Give joyfully. Let your, be, let your giving be an act of trust in Jesus. That you trust Him for everything. Not just salvation, but for everything. To take care of you in every situation. To, to, to the One who not only gives, freely gives us the gift of God's grace, but who promises to take care of everything we need because we belong to Him. And, and, and never forget your mission to spread the Gospel. That's what it's all about to share the love of Jesus, to share the, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. We're, if, you've, if you've ever been to a restaurant for you had a birthday or somebody else had a birthday and they bring out the wait staff and they sing happy birthday, sometimes you can tell they love it. They enjoy being, you know, singing happy birthday or you know, whatever song they sing because you can't sing happy birthday. But you, some of them, they really get into it and they like delivering that free dessert and they enjoy that part. And some of them, are, you can tell by looking that this is just part of my job. I have to do this and I don't really feel like it, but I'm going to do it because if I don't, I'll get fired. We are God's wait staff. And we are supposed to be delivering a happy birthday to people who are born again. We're supposed to bring that birthday celebration to them and say, you need to trust in Jesus. And when they do, we're called to do it. To, you know, We give joyfully to see lives change. We share joyfully. We preach the gospel. We share our money. And if you do it joyfully, then you've got it. If you realize that we're called to share that happy birthday message as God's waitstaff to deliver that free dessert of, of salvation and enjoy that and, and celebrate with them, that's the attitude that we ought to have. Will it be your joy to share God's generosity with the world? To be His representative and to give like He gives? Or... Will you be ruled by greed and idolatry? It's our choice to make. It's your choice to make. And I hope that you'll choose the joy of giving because you'll see a whole lot of benefits from it. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful that you give in such a big way. You give out of, out of your glory. You give out of your abundance. You, give, you gave us your only Son. You continue to provide for all our needs. You continue to take care of us. 
and bless us beyond what we've ever deserved from you. God, we're so grateful. We pray that you would help us to become like you. Help us to be givers like you, to be generous from the inside out, not just because of what we give, but because of how we give. Help us to be like you, to know what it's like to give with a joyful heart because so much good comes of it, because so much joy can be spread around and your gospel can be shared with the world. God, help us to see with your eyes and to enjoy with your heart and to be like you as we give. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.